1: Because we, we've, we've all heard about Jim Elliot, we've seen his name posted and given credit to quote after quote. But husband number two, we just don't know a lot about him and it's, it's a little bit like some of the missing books of the Bible or something, you know, you <laughs> just kind of wonder about him. Share with us a little bit about husband number two if you would.
2: Well I certainly never imagined having, never thought of any possibilities in the future whatsoever. I did have a couple proposals from Indians,
3: yeah, jungle Indians.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Turn the sound up. There Very a battery
4: in there. No. Is that it?
1: You got
5: to say gotta something. You out. have to say something.
2: Okay, these were
5: these were Ketora Indians. No, you want mine? How's
2: that?
3: No. <laughs> oh, Bring you the handheld. This just ready. take this
5: one, and I'll take the handheld. No,
4: that's all right. You, you stay with She can hold
5: Well, she's not real good with her hands. She's not microphone. good with her
3: hands?
4: <laughs> I think she can hold a microphone, Lars, okay. you know? No, that's, kill she like kill, it. kill number three. Yeah. Kill it.
1: I'm going I'm to take this
4: off. As well. Thank you. How about this? No. Uh,
1: Is it on? Hello?
2: Yeah. How about that?
3: There we yeah. go.
2: I did have a couple of proposals from Kichwa Indians, but I managed to wriggle out those by telling them I'm really too tall for you. <laughs> I. Were Wait a
5: second. Oh, no, 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 hang on. What is happening one, two, one here? Why don't you
4: take mine? Okay, Lars, we'll take yours. He's kind of an insistent fellow, isn't he? <laughs> is, he this, is he bossy like this with you at home? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later, okay? <laughs> I don't think this one
2: works. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you hold that one. Okay.
4: All right, now, say hello, my name is Elizabeth Elliott.
2: Hello, my name is Elizabeth Elliott.
4: Can you all hear that okay? You need a little louder.
2: Can we get her a little more volume?
4: Can you recite the Gettysburg Address?
2: <laughs> no. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth upon this continent.
4: We got something. Aren't on at the same time. All right, Lars, turn your microphone off if you want.
5: It's very difficult it? Yeah,
4: we've had about all of you we want for the <laughs> evening. You don't want. want. Tell you what, I'm gonna do. Let me give Lars. Can I give him the hardwired mic? Can we do this? Yeah, that'll work.
5: I will tell you one thing. I'm not getting paid for this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're getting our money's worth too Lars. So t- <laughs> no, no, no.
3: <laughs> you get what you pay
4: for. That's right.
1: <laughs> but uh, Lars, neither is Bob either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we on for Elizabeth now? Try it again.
2: You have to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something.
4: Yeah. There go. There go. Okay. Time is up.
2: let's thank them for coming tonight
3: Uh, (laughs) oh dear
2: as as you already know I I was in Ecuador for 11 years and when I came back to the states uh, through a speaking engagement in Missouri I met a man by the name of Addison Leach he was the vice president of a small college there and his wife was actually dying of cancer he had three daughters And he and I got acquainted because he asked me to come and speak for some things that he did in the summertime there at that college. And his wife was supposed to have died 10 years before, according to the doctors, but she was a very disciplined, amazing woman, and she was still uh, teaching Latin and French when I met her and was entertained in their home. But she died about a year later and the following year Addison Leach asked me to marry him. So that was just totally unexpected. But he was 18 years older than I was, and four years later, he got cancer, and about half a year after that, he died. Well, while he was dying, he was uh, I was taking care of him at home after he had left the hospital. And I got to the point where I really desperately needed somebody to help me because he was a big man and he was totally helpless for the last few, about six weeks. So I called the seminary where my husband had been a professor. He was at Gordon-Conwell Seminary. And uh, asked if there was a young man that might be willing to come and live in my house and help me take care of my husband. And a young man applied for the job. He was to move in on the following Monday. And Monday my, my husband died. So naturally, he assumed that he would not be needed, but I called the next day and said, the room is ready for you if you'd like to come anyway. And so he moved in, whereupon it struck me that it doesn't look too good for one lady and one gentleman to be living in a house together. Uh, this gentleman happened to be considerably older than many of the other students, and of course I might have been old, old enough to be his mother, but. I thought, well, I better call the seminary to see if there's another young man that would be willing to come. So, two young men, two men came, lived in my house for two years. The first one married my daughter. The second one married me. And when my friend a friend who who had lost her husband when she was in her late 70s, she had lost her one and only husband, she was from Texas, and she said, Lisbeth, I just wanna know how in the world do you ever find, how'd you ever get three husbands? And so I told her my story, and she said, I believe I'm gonna rent my house out to three widowers. <laughs>
4: so you are an advocate then of living together before marriage,
3: right?
2: I want you to know I want you people to know that this gentleman he is a southern gentleman and he never called me anything but Mrs. Leach the whole time he lived in my house I mean he was a gentleman and so was Walt Shepard who is now my son-in-law When when
4: you proposed Lars did you say Mrs. Leach will you marry (laughs) me?
5: I'll tell you I thought about the first one and the short marriage that he had and the second one only doubled him so I was weighing the (laughs) possibilities of (laughs) mathematical progression and only really facing possibly eight more years of life. (laughs) uh, I thought it was was worth it so I, I made the the long arduous trek that it was to convince Elizabeth that I really was serious about getting married and it was well Dennis he would understand this but I knew from the very beginning that I had to do it slowly and it was kind of like a bird dog <laughs> after a cover <laughs> if the dog moves too quick you flush the cover mm-hmm. <laughs> So I did it very, very slowly, and steadily. Where, where did you, uh, where did you go on your first date? Did you ever have a date? Oh yes, I guess I, I would say we did, but Elizabeth said we didn't. Uh, one of the nice things I always remember about it, uh, she always enjoyed it because she always went to sleep on the way home, in the car. I figured I had satisfied everything, so she just went off to sleep. <laughs> but, uh, it's relaxing that way.
4: It's got that's great for your self-esteem,
5: isn't it? Well, I never had <laughs> any. <laughs> um, I I can remember the. I'll tell you one nice thing, and I still look at that place whenever we drive from the airport back home. There's a little restaurant on the right-hand side of the road. And uh, I remember one time picking her up at the airport. I used to go in and when she was out on a speaking engagement and go in sometimes, offer my services to pick her up and all. So this was a winter night, and uh, she was coming in, and I had suggested we get a little bite to eat on the way home. And she said, well, it would be fine. And now her second husband also had given her this lovely winter coat Black, full-length. It's not fur, but it looks pretty good. And she was wearing that and boots. And there was a little ice on the pavement. Pulled in there, and I went around, opened up the door. She came out, you know. And as we walked across, it was the first time she took my arm, and we walked <laughs> across there. I mean, I was about 10 feet tall. Wow. And we uh, uh, got into the restaurant. I can the booth we sat in. I can't remember what we ate, but that was probably the beginning of of, um, realizing that I was heading down for a fall. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. It was, you know, I just thought, we often often look at that restaurant and I say, remember that? Remember when we sat in there? (laughs) I probably built it up more than it (laughs) was. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> no, wait, wait, if that was the night for you, when was the night for you? She claims Years moon. later.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> my you mind. Just, you
2: strung him on? My mind, I wasn't stringing him on. My mind was totally closed to the possibility. I thought, this man could not possibly be serious. He was just a very kind, polite, Southern gentleman. He enjoyed living in my house, mm. and of course <laughs> I can't, we haven't got time to tell you the whole story, but I, I did kick him out after the second year because I had a sneaking suspicion that he did have a certain feeling for the landlady, which I thought was very inappropriate. That's, that's, that's the but, first time I got mad on her, too. <laughs> You go ahead and tell about why. Hmm? Tell why.
5: Well, I mean, I, I I might be dumb, but I wasn't real stupid about the thing. I knew what she I knew what she was going to do, but it was morning and time to go to seminary, and I was standing fixing a little bit of lunch, and Elizabeth was over there washing the dishes, and. So we had our backs to each other, and I don't know, I didn't really, I didn't see what she did. I'm sure she turned around, but all, I, all of a sudden I just heard her say, Lars, I believe you better find another place to live next year. It was toward the end of the school year. And um, I don't know if I said anything at all, or maybe I probably said, oh, all right, or oh, yes or something, but my blood pressure went sky high in about two seconds, and I just got my lunch and walked out, went up there, and spent the day and you know, I'm coming back to the house, I mean she had every right to say so and tell me to go ahead and get out. I hadn't done anything uh, out of the ordinary uh, but I knew what she was talking about. So I just went in, when I got back in, I, she was in the study and I knocked on the door and asked if I could see her for a minute and uh, she said come in and we sat down And I said, uh, you have every right to ask me to leave. There's no problem with that. But I said, I don't appreciate the way you did it. I said, I'm not some kid coming out of high school. here I said, I've been around a little bit and been in business, and we do things in a more gracious manner. (laughs) While she just listened nicely and politely and... Thanked me for what I had to say, and that was the end of it. We didn't get into any, any discussions. He was smart by that. So, did you move out? Sure, I moved down about a mile and a half and kept going around checking on her to see if I could do anything you know, oil the hinges and fix the doorknob, and mm-hmm. take her to the outcourt. So, the bird dog was still on point oh, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing, we never. Well, the covey we, hadn't flown anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was strange while, you know, this is over four years, over four to four years. You know, one time we'd be in a restaurant someplace and someone would see us and we'd be someplace else. But nothing really was ever said except there was one little old gal from California who lived, when I moved out, I moved into a house where they had about five students there. And this little girl... Whenever I'd get ready to go out, I'd be dressed and had not. For some reason, she was in the kitchen. And as I'd leave, she'd say, Say hello to old blue
3: eyes.
5: (laughs) And I'd never crack, I wouldn't crack a smile. I wouldn't, I I just said, Good night, Jackie. She knew. She She was the only one that, I don't know how she figured it out, but she knew. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you got to take us to, uh, the time you proposed.
5: You're not gonna like that
3: <laughs> 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 Well <laughs>
5: You did propose, didn't you? Well in a of way I do not remember anything about him. it. <laughs> I I really don't remember what I said. I do. Well, and that's what makes me feel bad, because if I did say that, it's not a real good way of doing it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Four years of bird dogging and you blow it at the big moment, is that what you're telling us?
5: Well, not exactly. I got her, didn't (laughs) I? Well, rather than ask a question, I I made a statement. Well, I said two things, I guess, didn't I? I had had brought a a ring along, and I really didn't expect her to say yes or no at that time. But I did want her to know that I was not playing games. So I had showed her the ring, and I said uh, something to the effect that I, I was not playing games. And then I follow that by just saying that I want you to be, more, I want you for a wife. Isn't that right? Is that oh, yeah, yeah, I want you for a wife. So, I mean, it's really not a great way to ask. <laughs> anyway, well, she...
2: I, go ahead. Hmm? I was just going to tell some of the things that had happened in my mind months before oh. you actually
5: Yeah, did please that. do. Well, yeah. I'd like
2: to know, too. <laughs> you already know. No, as I said, my mind my mind was absolutely closed to the possibility of a third marriage. And as much as I th- liked Lars, I thought he was a delightful man, and somebody who would get Lars would be a very fortunate person. But I was not at all in the market for anything like that. Until one day we were just standing in the living room, and he denies the possibility that he could have ever said this, but I know that it was ipsissima verba, exactly what he said to me that day. <laughs> we <translated>
3: that <laughs> <laughs> he said,
2: I would like to be the one building the fences around you, and I want to stand on all sides. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Now that that totally transformed my vision of who this man was. I mean, it it was obviously a moment of inspiration, God-given inspiration, because he can't remember it. He doesn't believe it. I said, "Look, I couldn't have made it up." What was that again? I want to be the one. (laughs) Ah, that's building the fences. Well, anyway, the next thing, the next straw in the wind. I didn't say anything, but it was just as if. I flip-flopped as far as my vision of this man because very shortly thereafter, I was convicted by the fact that God was saying to me, you have not asked me one thing about this. You just made up your mind that you were gonna stay single the rest of your life. Well, then I had to get down on my knees and repent and say, well, you know, Lord, I'm, you know, I wanna do what you want me to do and how could I possibly have failed to at least mention this in prayer. I then opened my Bible, and to my utter aston, well, I have to say before I tell you that, that I was constantly comparing Jim Elliot to Addison Leach. Jim could do a lot of things Ad couldn't do. Ad could do things Jim couldn't do. Lars could do a lot of things that Ad and Jim couldn't do. And so I was making these odious comparisons. And I opened my Bible, and lo and behold, it was staring me in the face. Men have different gifts, but it is the same Lord who accomplishes his purposes through them all. And not too long after that, one more amazing thing. This is just a concatenation of amazing spirit. uh, It's a what? I had an opportunity...
1: What did you say, Lars?
5: It's a
3: what? (laughs) A concatenation. Don't Don't you speak
4: English? Plain, simple English. Concatenation. I don't know any synonyms for that. I don't either, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know any anonyms I don't know any words that rhyme with it I, I, <laughs> I tried to avoid it time.
2: <laughs> oh, that's enough of that. I don't need to tell you anything excuse me
1: but I had to
3: <laughs>
4: so we've got to let you finish. I'm sorry to have interrupted you. Concatenation. No, I think I think that'll do. do that.
2: Oh no. Oh no no, no no. Oh, we want to hear the rest of this story. Well, I'll abbreviate it a little bit, but through a very remarkable series of circumstances, I found myself with Ruth Graham one time, and I just thought, now here's a person who, she's a wise, wonderful, godly woman, and I can tell her a little bit about this person without naming him or anything, just to see, to sort of run by what she might think. And I described this man, and waited to see what she would say about the possibility of an old woman like me getting married at such an age after having two husbands and she just said, Elizabeth, it just wouldn't surprise me in the least if God would give you exactly that sort of a man. And so it was through scripture, it was through prayer, and it was through the wisdom of, of an older person and i had several other older people too that said the same thing
1: and so as he gave you the ring and said he'd like you to be his wife
2: she didn't say yes or no
1: what did you do and what were you, what first of all what were you thinking as he brought the ring out
2: well the ring happened it was a it was a wedding ring it was not an engagement ring and he he brought out this little square box and my heart just sank. I thought, oh my goodness, you know, what man would ever give a ring until he's at least proposed? And he brought out this wedding ring and told me right up front, he said, I just, he said, this is my Swedish grandmother's wedding ring. Lars is from Norway. Well, he's half Swedish and half Norwegian, but he grew up in Norway. And so he said, I just want you to know I'm not playing games. And that was another very strong impetus for me to think of him in in the possibility of getting married. Anyway, when he proposed, I I just said, well, of course, I can't possibly give you an answer now, but I will think about it and pray about it. And he was shocked that I prayed that I did give him an answer as soon as I did. What was it? How many weeks? Well,
5: it was in June, and then I kind of thought it might be September, August, September, because I was painting you a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you sent a letter about two weeks later, didn't you? I think, I think about two weeks. Yeah. Anyway. It's... And so I got it by mail, didn't get an answer in person, got it by mail.
4: She's, she sent a letter? Yeah. And what did it say?
2: Yes. I don't remember. I yes. 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 I'm a woman. of few words.
1: <laughs> okay. Now, why did you write him a letter and not uh, ask to speak with him personally? Why well, did I, you do it that she, way? Uh,
5: lady doesn't call a man so, on
2: telephone. She'd wait for me to call. I was living in a little in a little cottage on, on, on Cape Cod, were, and he was painting my kitchen back in Hamilton. Mm. Job.
5: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a reason. recently was a job. It was. We. Had, it was pine panelled, and I had. I, I decided to paint it, so I stripped the wood down, and then painted it. Yeah. Are you still working around the house? <laughs>
2: Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't put the Christmas lights away yet. <laughs> oh. oh really? So you got the letter, Lars.
5: Yes. And? and Well, I was I don't well I was very happy about it we didn't announce it, you know, we just kept it I think we waited until Thanksgiving.
2: Oh Well we before. didn't tell we didn't, we didn't tell anybody tell but very like. few because family members. Family, and then we yeah. got married in December. We got
5: married in December, so we got uh told everybody in in Thanksgiving and some I think it was Roger, I don't know if some of you may have heard of Roger Nicole uh, who Uh, is a professor at Gordon Conwell. It was his wife who I think said that uh, when the news came out,
2: when a seminary roof blew off. (laughs) uh, Because I'd been married to a professor at the seminary. Now I was marrying a student. (laughs)
3: Uh,
2: What can you do? (laughs) But I also got a lot from
5: Uh, Dr. Leach or Addison Leach the second husband I got his bathrobe
2: still have it it's in your suitcase today
5: and I'm wearing his watch You know, having Elizabeth having been a, a missionary, you you learn how to cut corners as a missionary, and you know make make do and try to be a little bit on the frugal side. So when I got when we got married and and uh, I got the wedding ring, it did look a little familiar, <laughs> but and it it's a nice one, so it's. You can't see it back there, but it's kind of square on top. Right. Well, and it's got ELG there, but it's got real, it's kind of not very deep letters. <laughs> and the reason it's not deep, she had to grind off about a quarter of it. <laughs> and it, it, it had done. Uh, <laughs> initials before was A-H-L Addison Hardy Leach her second husband and I told her I said I wish I'd known you were going to do that because I would have left his initials on and it would have been a great conversation piece <laughs> and uh, she, didn't, she didn't have to cut it, cut it either we were, the, we were the same size same ring finger mm. well, what year? what year? You mean for him or for me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're
4: trying to figure out your life expectancy. How long have you been married? How, oh. how long you got to go?
5: Oh, no, I, I went by. I'm, I'm two and a half times past eight years. Oh. Yeah.
1: They've been married 21 years.
5: 21 years. Yeah. Going
3: by fast too mm-hmm.
1: oh. mm. i 've been in a lot of interviews
3: <clears throat>
1: but if you would just sit with me for a few moments and think about how would you like to turn the corner from this conversation <laughs> to some theologically penetrating <laughs> questions i 'm not sure that we need to personally <laughs> um, We have something that um, Another little personal touch at this point that we would like to add. You know, Elizabeth, uh, there are a lot of people probably wonder, what's it like to be your daughter? And um, we've heard a little bit about what it's like to court you and, and uh, be a, a good friend and finally a soulmate and a husband. But we decided we would place a phone call to your daughter, Valerie, and ask her what it was like to be Elizabeth Elliott's daughter, and so we want you to listen in as we play a little tape of a phone call we had recently with Valerie, and then uh, <clears throat> we want you to comment on this too.
4: As you look back, what has been oh, hang on, hang on. what uh, what's Are been you? the uh, most influential part of, of your you mom's girls? life on you? <laughs> Let's see if we, can, uh, <laughs> if we can roll that back. Oh, wait.
3: <laughs> I couldn't imagine what happened Stop to the take, please.
4: <laughs> you know, yes, I did the interview but I did it as the abominable snowman. (laughs) What in the world? Do you have a little pitch control? There's obviously a little pitch control on there. They're gonna, yeah, run that back and see if we can't get it just right. Of your mom's life
0: on you. She spoke the truth to me, always. Always spoke the truth and that was wonderful. So I could count on her word. I was confident that she was telling me the truth and if she had to, Punish me, or if she had to uh, tell me that something good was going to happen, I could count on it happening. So she didn't ever make empty threats or uh, empty promises. Was she strict? She was just strict enough that <laughs> I never thought of her as too strict.
4: You didn't? No. When you were a teenager, you didn't think, I, I want. I wanted a different way. I wish I had a different
5: mom.
0: Not, not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. The only only little thing I remember us having a slight disagreement about was the length of my skirts. And this was in 1971 and 72.
4: And what did you think was appropriate?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, I wanted a little shorter skirt than she thought was appropriate. <laughs> now, How old were you at the time? This was when I was about 16 and 17.
4: And a little shorter like like above the knee. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to be too specific. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and where did where did you guys come to a meeting of the minds on this? Yeah. I mean where would this where did the skirts end up?
0: Well, she uh, she probably allowed me to wear Almost the style, maybe not quite as short as some girls wore, but um, I would say I'm doing it a little differently with my girls.
4: <laughs> <laughs> when, um, you, do I have this right? Your husband, uh, you met him because he was living with your
3: mother?
0: Well, he was a boarder. He was a seminary student, and my mother's husband had just died, and I was gone off to college. So my my mother decided she needed someone else living in the house, and Walt Shepard was the young man who moved in. So she got to know him before I got to know him, and she was quite impressed with him, and so I got to know him when I got home, and I was impressed with him too.
4: Had she been impressed with the other boys who had uh, shown Actually, attention?
0: Uh, no. You mean the ones who had shown me attention? Yes. No.
4: <laughs> had, had, had you been impressed with any of those young men?
0: Well, a, a couple, right. slightly. Uh-huh.
4: Right. Was that ever a source of conflict for well, you? No, not at all. When Mom said, I don't think much of him?
0: There wasn't a serious enough relationship with any one of them that I was quite upset. She, you know, I, I wanted her approval, and I was thankful That when I got to know Walt, she was completely for him and gave us her blessing. Mm -hmm. Really, I had very happy teen years.
4: When you think of the legacy that she has left to you, what's, what's at the center of that?
0: Besides speaking the truth to me, she always gave me the confidence and the encouragement that I was loved. And... She always gave me the confidence that my father had lived solely for God's glory. And so I was always assured and comforted that someday I would meet my father in heaven.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that the greatest legacy was simply, uh, well, there are so many things that are involved in it, but her love and her absolute clear teaching of the truth mm-hmm. to me.
4: hmm Well, we're going to get to spend some time with her here in just a few minutes, and uh, you've got a chance to address her in in, in front of the group. Anything you'd want to say to them?
0: Well, my mother is a wonderful mother, and, and I would say a perfect mother. She has been a great influence on my life, and I'm so thankful for her. She's been such a blessing to me, and she still is a blessing to me. Every time that I talk to her, every time that I write to her or hear from her, She wants to encourage me, and she wants to give me hope in the Lord. She always points me to the Lord, and I'm glad that you all get to hear her. And uh, I'm, again, just so thankful that the Lord has given me such a gift in a mother.
4: Valerie, thanks for taking a few minutes to be with us.
0: You're welcome. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. God bless.
1: Elizabeth, what was going through your mind as you listened to Valerie share? Uh...
2: To God be the glory. Mm-hmm. She, she has just been a perfect daughter, too. I, I was talking with a friend of mine when Val was about 10 years old, and this friend had several children, and she was very upset about the kind of relationship that she had with some of her children, and she wanted to know what, how I would describe my relationship with Valerie, and I just said, I had, had never been asked a question like that, but I thought about it for a minute, and I said, Well, I I guess I'd have to say in all honesty that it's a perfect mother daughter relationship and she just rolled her eyes, she said, You just wait till she's a teenager. I'm still waiting.
3: <laughs> she's
2: she's really never given me five minutes of worry and she's just she's a lovely woman. I, I consider myself tremendously blessed and such a such a daughter, such a son in law and such beloved beloved grandchildren, the oldest is 21, the youngest is five.
4: How how short did she want the skirts
2: to be? Oh, like 12 inches from the waist. No. No. (laughs) No. Well, just exactly the way they are now again. I mean, it's come full circle, really. It's just outrageous.
4: And, And where did you settle?
2: Well, much too short. I mean, I look at some of the pictures, and I'm sure we must have argued over a few inches, but I should never have let her have them as short as I did.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just appalling. You caved? Really? Elizabeth Elliott yeah, caved. I did. When I look at that, I didn't know it till I looked at those pictures now and I think, how could I possibly have permitted that child to go out the door looking like that?
5: Because I noticed too that yours was not too long after <laughs> 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 she, she just said you know that's a lie Well Let's just say your kneecap was Below the skirt Elizabeth
1: um, I- <laughs> yeah. Good luck here Dennis. I'm going to rescue you yeah, from this please. one we were talking out on on the veranda a little earlier just on your personal opinions on um, children and families today. And uh, I think it would be neat if you shared some of your thoughts just with families and um, size of families and some of your opinions about that for, for Christian families yes, today.
2: Yes, I... I... the opportunity of doing a lot of traveling around and speaking and every time i have a chance to speak to young couples i try to say to them you will be doing your children a very big favor if you have a big family because number one of course the bible says that you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply and of course it's almost un-american to have more than two children but if you only have two children you're not multiplying one man, one woman are not multiplying if all you produce is two children. But the great thing that I see, and of course having had only one child myself, I haven't, didn't think about these things nearly as much as I do now, although I came from a family of six. Um, the dynamics, it just fascinate me to watch my grandchildren together, and I see that the great blessing of a big family, one of the many great blessings, is that it's impossible for children to grow up totally selfish in a big family. You just have to learn to give and take, and I see that in action in in Valerie and Walt's family, and of course in many other families I have that opportunity, so that's just a little prod that I like to give to young couples. You you just keep on having children, and I'm thrilled to see some of these pictures of. Big families. It's just wonderful. Don't pay any attention to what the world is telling you on that score. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you another thing that uh, somebody may correct me. I may not be exactly right on this, but I, I heard not too many months ago that at the rate homeschoolers are multiplying, and of course, very often homeschoolers have big families within two or three more generations, I've forgotten what they said, but it would be the majority of the United States. So, this to me is a very heartening thing to think that if we could propagate enough Christian families that we would actually take over the majority. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Bob uh, remembers this moment when we interviewed you, and and this will be my last question. But in the interview, um, and you're going to talk to the ladies about this more later on, but I want the guys to hear your answer because I, I thought this was particularly profound. When when Bob and I were interviewing you, uh, one of us asked you the question, um, Elizabeth, in your marriage, do you ever struggle with being submissive? Now, I don't know if you know how you answered it. Tell at, me. At that time. your
4: Your answer was, Bob. Oh, she said, I resist submission with every fiber of my being.
2: (laughs) But I do it. Yes, you do it. That's exactly right. (laughs) That you do it. But it's
4: a struggle for you. A perpetual struggle?
2: Well, I I really don't like the word struggle, so I'm sorry to hear that I used that word because...
1: I don't think you used the word struggle.
2: In my opinion, the word struggle 99 times out of 100 means... Uh, delayed obedience you know as long as we can give ourselves permission to struggle we don't have to obey God so uh, that's a very bad thing if that's what I said because uh, what I mean to say is I don't do it because I like to do it I do it because the scripture clearly tells me there's never been any question in my mind that wives are to submit to their husbands. It has absolutely nothing to do with how I feel about it. I know what God says. And I saw it in my parents. Our parents were the ones that set the example for us.
1: Well, I want to speak for all of uh, my friends out here and saying thank you for um, setting the stage for more ministry later. Uh, You two have allowed us to know you in a way, probably many audiences don't get a chance to know you. And it will make, I think, uh, the ministry of Scripture and the ministry of your words even more sweet and um, more profound later on.
0: I pray you've been encouraged and inspired by what you've heard today and will keep joining us here and on social media for my granny's inspiration. Until then, Remember, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms.